When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wrestling Inc. podcast for the All Out 2021 review. I am Alfred Cunnawood, joined by Raj Geary of Wrestling Inc. and Chuck Carroll. How are you guys doing today? Start with you, Raj. I'm doing great. How about you guys? Man, if I was any better, it'd be a sin. That show was fantastic. I can't wait to talk about it. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I'm sure, uh, you know, a lot of great stuff happened on the show. Um, a lot of newsworthy stuff and maybe a lot of not so great stuff. But we're going to talk about everything for AEW All Out 2021. Looks like we already have our first super chat of the night from John Jordan. That's why we love pro wrestling right there. WWE has to, has to, has to take some notice and now and finally change course a little. Uh, right. Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into what they uh, we I don't know. They seem very content. <laughs> for now <laughs> we're not competition of course not <laughs> keep thinking like that um we are getting all out 2021 and as somebody who used to compete for WWE, kicked off this show alongside eddie kingston who smartly smartly has now debuted a redeem these nuts t-shirt which i think is going to sell like wildfires uh, i just loved it the second i heard it and i'm glad that they're just capitalizing on this Eddie was very much over in this match. Uh, Miro was kind of, he was pretty much cheered when he was coming out, but the fans were playing along, treating him like the heel. Uh, the finish was very interesting, very WWE-like finish to where uh, Eddie Kingston kind of grabbed the turnbuckle and threw it as he was getting suplexed. As Bryce Rimsburg, the referee, was trying to put it back on, uh, Eddie Kingston hit the DDT and had the visual pinfall over Miro, so fans were furious at Bryce McMinsburg. Uh, this brings out, once again, um, Eddie Kingston to try to hit Miro in the corner, but Bryce blocks it. Fans doubly mad. Uh, Miro ends up winning with a low blow and a kick to the head. What did you guys think of this opening match, starting with you, Chuck? And I'm going to go get my charger. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to hold that up. You see that right there? Thank you for your purchase. I jumped right on that Eddie Kingston t-shirt. You're the guy. You're the guy that bought that shirt. I have not purchased a wrestling (laughs) t-shirt, but when I saw that, I laughed so hard, and I looked over at my wife. I was like, yeah, class is going out the window, man. I got to get my Redeem These Nuts t-shirt, and and so, like, I can't wait for the five to seven days to pass so I can actually slip this thing on. Uh, I liked it, man. I mean, here's the thing, and this is kind of what I was thinking throughout the match, right? And it's typical Eddie Kingston in that he may not be the best talent in the ring as far as being able to work the match, but damn if he doesn't have enough charisma to make up for it and then some. So I have no problem whatsoever with with the match. And frankly, it could have been like a negative one-star stinker and the t-shirt would have sold me on it. So no problem with the start here. Eddie Kingston, he's one of those characters. He just gets it. Like you feel, he feels authentic. He just feels like you're not being fed an actor or or lines everything comes across i mean he was ripping on god on friday night yeah <laughs> you know because miro miro has said his god is jesus christ and, and he is just you're saying you're ugly ass god and i don't believe in him I don't believe it's in like him. <laughs> you know it's like that's 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 not usual baby face uh, material 
but man, he he just takes it to another level. He's awesome. I love it. So I think Nero has been so good. He managed to turn God heal. <laughs> God is aligned with such a, a scrupulous man, but uh, no, they, they've had great promos. We were talking about it on the uh, the uh, Dynamite podcast this past week. This match, in short order, became one of my favorite matches to look forward to because I just absolutely love uh, Eddie Kingston and Miro and what they've been doing, particularly Miro, who I think has just been booked as such a great heel in AEW, and I'm so glad because it did seem like Eddie Kingston had a chance to win this match, and I'm glad that they stuck. It's it's him. been 180 degrees with uh, with Miro, like from when he was the blonde video gaming, you know, guy. It it, it looked like they were just blowing it, you know, they were blowing it, and now he's just awesome. Totally, we're gonna get into CM. Yeah, we're gonna get into CM Punk's return. Oh, he needs to be. Punk will be healed by the end of the month. Very interesting. Yes, he needs to be. Uh, AEW responded to Brock Heron out with Heron out of their own. <laughs> yes, we'll get into that. In the return of Daniel Bryan. Trap Daniel Bryan, if you will. I, uh, I absolutely love this. And then we have this uh, combo breaker, RIP to Departy. Wow. Who's Departy? Is that... I, you're going to have to clarify that combo breaker in terms of what has happened because that can mean a bunch of different things. Uh, but uh, listen, let's move on with the AEW all-out pay-per-view. This is very good. We pull out the second match. Um, Okay, here we go. Second match, AEW, Moxley and Kojima. Okay, this was a lot of fun. I thought Kojima looked just fine. Uh, Very physical. Exactly what you expect in terms of strong style. Forearms early. Get some strikes, chops, biting. Uh, Kojima worked hard. Superplex. This ended with a paradigm shift. Uh, John Moxley hit two of them, actually, and won the match. And this brought out the story of the segment, which is Suzuki. Comes out, Kaze Ninare. Gets the regular classic music that he has, and the fans sing along, so they know it. That's a good sign. And then they had, like, a preview of what their match will be. I mean, you talk about two good workers, and what I perceived this is they're doing forearms, the clotheslines, they're doing all the spots that you would see, and then it ends with Suzuki hitting a a pile driver and laying out Moxley, and the fans just going crazy for really what was a a light preview of what you're going to see between Moxley and Suzuki. What did you think about the match in this segment, Chuck? I liked it. I mean, it was kind of uh, what you would expect. And I, I was like, I was like, they've been pushing uh, Moxley's homecoming in Cincinnati on Wednesday. I was like, they got to be bringing in Suzuki. They got to be bringing yeah. him in. And and sure enough, at the end, that's exactly what they did. Uh, so I like this. And, you know, I, I mean, boy, did Moxley's elbow ever get a deep gash on it? And And yeah. am I the only one here that like just kept thinking back to the staff infection that he had in that what like a year year and a half ago i was like oh boy here we go again so i hope that he keeps that thing clean at least until wednesday but uh yeah man i got no problem whatsoever with this i i mean i did not care about this match you know uh, with kojima it, it just felt like it was thrown together i, I it just i don't know it, it did nothing for me as far as the match went the build it was it was there, but the Suzuki the Suzuki stuff was was awesome. That was really cool, and uh, you know they were teasing Tanahashi. I still that's the match I'm waiting for is Moxley and Tanahashi. So uh, you know Suzuki, we've seen him with Moxley. It'll be it'll be great. It's on Dynamite, but we've seen like these crossovers with New Japan and Dynamite so far have not meant a lot as far as ratings go, interests go, uh, and things like that. But um, I think Tanahashi could be a, a, a difference maker a little bit. 
Yeah, I was going to say there are a very small number of, I think, difference makers on that level in terms of what they could do for American television. And I'm very interested to see whether or not Tanahashi is, because if he's not, then I think Telegraph's at New Japan Pro Wrestling in general, it's going to be kind of a tough sell ratings-wise, as great as it is visually to watch. And I'm sure as you build these guys up, uh, they can lead to, to bigger ratings. But there seems to be a lot of unfamiliarity with these talents outside of, like, the hardcore fans. But, right. you know, Tanahashi did win that United States Championship. He did tease that he was coming to AEW when he was at the New Japan Strong, the great event in L.A. So I do expect that, maybe even for the Flushing Meadows show or for a bigger platform. And, you and know what I, I feel like they should do? Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jake. It's your website, bro. I bow down to you. You, 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 you go first, man. I was going to say when you know when Lance Archer lost the U.S. title to Tanahashi, they should mention it on TV because he won that title on their television. So when he's showing up without the belt in in, in their storyline, he had just won the belt. He should be. Um, it should. They should explain that he he lost the belt. In my opinion. And here's my take on the AEW New Japan partnership. It's it's not just about introducing New Japan to the U.S. You're absolutely right. I think that it's only a sliver of the audience who is familiar with these guys. I was actually surprised at how many people knew Suzuki's theme that were in the arena tonight. I mean, yeah. hardcore Chicago fans. Really, I mean, even that surprised me that that many knew him. Um, and so I think that, that that bodes well for maybe Wednesday night. I don't know that they're going to get a big bump in the ratings because Suzuki's there, but probably the other guys that came out tonight, they're going to lead to the bump. Um, but wasn't there a report out, Tony Khan, uh, maybe he gave an interview recently in the last week or so talking about how they're eyeing international growth as well. And so this really helps to solidify that in Japan, especially now at a time when WWE is consolidating their international efforts, it seems like. So this seems like a prime opportunity for AEW to expand outside of the uh, American border. For sure. I, I feel like them working with New Japan makes all the sense in the world because you're, you're, you're you know, you're getting exposure in a, a completely different market where you're not playing. Uh, them working with Impact doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Um, they, you just risk injury. Your, your guy's getting injured over there with in, in, on a stale product that gets 120,000 viewers max a week. So New Japan makes all the sense in the world to me. Yeah. And then I, I will say about the New Japan type dream matches is I feel like they tend to skew more toward the New Japan style. So they feel more like something that you're not going to get every single week. And when I've seen the Impact AEW matches, like the Kenny Omega Rich Swan match is really good, but it felt like a Kenny Omega match with, you know, a lot of plunder um, added and stuff like that. But I do feel like I'm getting a different product when the New Japan guys come in and mix it up. Yeah. Uh, we go into, we have a super chat. Yes, Gavin Whitley. Uh, 5 a.m. in the UK, do you see a Cole versus Daniel Bryan feud up next? Watch the pod for two years in a row. Love you guys. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Gavin. Really Thank you, that. Gavin. Yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, maybe quick uh, reactions first, but we'll definitely have a lot of time to talk about uh, Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole. Both made their debuts, surprisingly. Um, but do you guys see, just really quickly, them feuding with each other right off the bat after this? Right off, I don't, I don't know. I mean, they, they I, I, I kind of want to save this for down the down the road because there's so much that we could get into with that. Um, so, Gavin, I'm just going to go ahead and say, stand by, sir. You will get your answer in a little bit. I'll just I say this you. real quick. I do think uh, we get Adam Cole and Christian Cage, and we get Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. That's the way I would go. You know, Strike while the iron's hot. Mm. Punk has already kind of faded off a little bit. Brian Danielson, keep it hot. 
right, we'll get into more of a CM Punk <laughs> and uh, Brian Danison, but that that'd be a good way to go. I mean, that seems like the most likely uh, way to go in terms of um, what makes sense. And Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. Um, we got. Uh, why are we still calling him Daniel Bryan? Lol. Yes, he's Brian Danielson. Daniel Bryan. Will be he's been called that for ten things. years. I yeah. know, man. It's going to be a hard habit to break. Yeah. Yeah. When, gonna, when Bray Wyatt is Wyndham Rotunda, it's going to take a while to get <laughs> yeah. used to that. And it'd be weird on the first show what happened to just immediately go to Brian Danielson as if like the other guy's gone. We need to have a little bit of a transitional period. This right. is a mourning process. You know? Exactly. For sure. Yeah, uh, Shaw, AW tagging WWE Daniel Bryan Twitter. Great. Did they really? Wow, oh, that's I love fantastic. That you know what? If you're a wrestler, never put the Federation name in your handle. Yeah, because <laughs> you mm, just don't true. know. And let that be a, a you know. <clears throat> let me let me put on my union hat here for a second. Uh, fellow broadcasters, fellow journalists, never ever ever put your station, your paper, whatever in your Twitter bio. Because as soon as you leave there, and you will, you will leave there, you will lose your blue check mark. Make it your own. Make it your own. That's all I have to say. Thanks, kids. As you were. Only be loyal to yourself. The lesson in life, too. We we got one blue check mark here. We got a check mark with Alfred. So he knows. You're not a uh, blue check mark, Raj? What's going on in the world? I need to to try. I I just don't care about that stuff. Like, with all the stuff going on, I never try. But I'll... I'll have to try it one of these days. I was days. very late to do it. And I didn't even. I did it so long ago. I don't even remember putting the thing in. And, and apparently, you know, they got back around. Yeah, I'm sure you both uh, are good candidates. Cares. I think we'd be ranking people by check marks anyway. We gotta. We gotta create our own check marks. <laughs> we are check marked on Facebook, which was cool. I don't know how that happened, but but wrestling Inc. is. So we get uh, Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. This um, saw technical wrestling in this match. We get uh, Chris Statlander uh, really overpowering her and booped her for a comedy spot earlier, but they worked very hard. There was a spot where Britt Baker launched off the steps for a stomp, and she got inside, and they're about to counter out. And Orange Cassidy's ringside, you know, he's supposed to be the cool, laid-back guy, barely ever makes any actions or anything like that. But he just fires up, takes off his glass, and screams in... Uh, Chris Statley in his face. Get back in the ring. Come on, Chris. You got this. Wow. Uh, and then the spot of the night possibly came when Britt Baker uh, used an Adam Cole Easter egg and delivered a Pittsburgh sunrise to Chris Statlander. She kicked out of that. She also kicked out of the stomp. But then Britt Baker slapped on the lockjaw for the win. What do you guys think about this match starting with you, Raj? I loved it. I thought Britt looked awesome. I thought uh, Chris Statlander is great. Um you know, Britt, she carries herself like a superstar. Like, like that's something that's hard to teach. Like, just walking out there with that. And Roman Reigns has it. Sasha Banks has it. There is, there, there are. It's just walking out there. Charlotte Flair too. Walking out there and just presenting yourself like you're a superstar and you're above everything. There's not many people that can do it convincingly, and uh, she does it. And and I thought this was great. Yeah, man. And it starts with the look. I mean, that it's so detailed. It's it's just, it's so well presented. You're absolutely right. It's one of those intangibles that cannot be taught, right? Right. You, you can talk about that in class. You can talk about that in training, but it's either really you have it or you don't. Clearly she does. 
Um, my big takeaways from this match, though, are that even though Statlander lost, I mean, she comes away looking super strong, right? So it it took the kitchen sink and then some for her to take the pinfall tonight. So no shame in losing after three finishing moves in succession, right? So that's that's all well and good for her. But did you guys see that that was supposed to be a superplex off of the top rope? And yes, it, it didn't look like it didn't look like Britt went, and then yeah. Statlander actually had to muscle her yes. over. I was like, holy. Crap, yeah. she is very scary than I gave her cr- credit for. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no, Statlander, she's she's strong as hell, and uh, she's got a hell of a future, she does. Um, but Brit, yeah. Brit's another level, yeah. And as popular as Brit Baker was, and I definitely agree with you, Tony, in terms of oh, Tony, wrong, Tony. wrong <laughs> honor, in terms of how, how she carries herself. <laughs> I thought I was very surprised because it was kind of split between Britt Baker and uh, Chris Statlander in terms of the fans. I think uh, Chris really got the fans on her side just by being a babyface. I think yeah. they know she's that good. Yeah, absolutely. James uh, Zambitsky says, "Could you guys see AEW guys leaving for WWE like Paige, who have been passed along for WWE guys t- taking spots?" I'll start this off. Absolutely, I think this is inevitable, and I think AEW is developing slowly a narrative. And falling into a narrative that, oh, here come the WB guys to overtake AEW. Because I could see a scenario where, like, all but one or maybe even all former WB guys are champions. And fair or not, that's going to ruffle some feathers in the locker room and, and with the fans. Yeah, I mean, you've got three hours of TV a week uh, for, on, on the big stage. And you can't put all these guys on. When you see all these ex wwe guys getting that TV time, eventually that's, you know, AEW is kind of in the honeymoon phase right now. Where everything is wonderful, everything's great. You have this freedom, but at some point, you know, you're gonna have guys that are get, aren't getting used on TV, and it's they're gonna get frustrated, and other guys are gonna listen to them, and it's just it's just this how it is with any job, and uh, it's gonna happen. But it's I don't think it's really gonna send any sort of shockwaves until it's one of the upper echelon AEW talents that actually makes that jump. And so I think that, you know, somebody who would move that needle right now, and I do not see this happening, so don't report this as fact, but like if somebody along the lines of a jungle boy were to go over, right? Somebody who's considered AEW homegrown, that's what's going to matter. But if it's somebody who's only, you know, been wrestling on dark or elevation from time to time and they sign with developmental over in uh, WWE, it'll make the reports on wrestling Inc. and, and, you know, the observer and things like that, but it's not going to move the needle. So, Let's see what happens when the bigger name contracts come due. Um, And that's going to happen, too. That is inevitable. And and the fact that they are pushing smaller talent. Like, I can't see a Jungle Boy finding WWE intriguing just because that track record isn't there where they push someone like a Jungle Boy or, you know, a Darby Allin. So. And the conversation to be had there is strictly from a business standpoint, I think the next phase of WWE getting competitive with AEW, as much as it's hard to see Jungle Boy being like a perennial main eventer, if he really gets over as a proven star for AEW, I can absolutely see WWE trying to overbid for Jungle Boy as much to hurt AEW as right. to help WWE. Yep. But it's weird. It seems like they care less now than at any point like that they ever have uh, because they let Bray Wyatt go. I mean... Two years ago, they wouldn't have. Uh, I mean, it's just kind of, it just seems like they're so corporate now that it's all about the bottom line and they're not, you know, they're, they're, and that's how they're operating. It's just no, uh, looking at the 
the the the, the net income at the the right. end of the balance sheet. I, you just kind of sparked a conspiracy theory in my mind in terms of what he's doing. Because I never thought about these two things at the same time. Maybe it's like when NBA teams are tanking and they're getting rid of all these big contracts because they see other contracts that are going to come due and they want to offer these massive contracts to guys like Jungle Boy and MJF when their contracts come due. So they're tanking. They're just kind of getting better draft positioning, better salary caps so they can uh, – I can't see WWE dropping Bray Wyatt for Jungle Boy. And let's not forget. And, and Jungle Boy is awesome. I just he, he just doesn't fit into the the WWE system. No, I think that Vince would go for Luchasaurus long before he would go for yeah. for Jungle Wardlow. Boy. Or Wardlow, absolutely. That is one that could open some eyes, even though Wardlow's never been on that top level in AEW. He, he was enough of a name to kind of, you know, get people to sit up and, and pay attention. And, and Alfred, let's not forget, too, on the last investor call, Vince, you know, jokingly said, let's see if we can send them some more yes. talent, you know? So, I mean, you know, and, and, and when it's said that he doesn't view AEW as competition, I, you make a remark like that. I honestly believe that he does not. But right now, WWE is coasting on what they have built up over the years and not their current product because compared to what we saw tonight and what we have been seeing from AEW, WWE just is not on that level right now. Yeah, Sorry, from the, uh, uh, Sorry guys. Point. I got a guest co-host here, Lexi. Uh, yeah, we got she was in. flipping out up. there Lexi. for a second. Lexi turning heel on the podcast, but not straight face now. Looks great. Uh, Michael Edwards for four ninety nine. So this was the first time my gals watched since childhood. Britt, Jade, Thunder, uh, and the Young Bucks were the only ones to pass the Matt Morgan start. Uh, <laughs> okay, all right. But yeah, those are all great candidates. Uh, you know, especially Britt Baker, Jade looked great tonight. I think they made her look pretty good when she was in the battle royal in terms of elimination. Uh, Daniel Elder prom- promotes promoter Ted on. Would have had the women's title match in between the two heavyweight openers. Small thing, but just helps pace and okay. repetition. Uh, very I can see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting pacing this show. Um, Christian James Calder for five dollars. As soon as Baker hits the Pittsburgh Sunrise, the new Adam Cole will appear later that night. Interesting. I, I felt like as soon as Britt Baker dropped that tease on Dynamite when she was like the free agent, it's like you have to have him in. They've been paying off, man. Yeah, you can't you can't do that tease unless you've got him in. Yeah, yeah. You know, they knew what they were doing. I thought they would stretch it out a little bit longer, but uh, it was very interesting what we saw. Mike, for $2, Bobby Lashley has it to Raj. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. That's, it definitely has it. Has all of it. Grant Yanny for $5. This was the greatest wrestling show in at least last 10 years. Okay, well, uh-huh. we'll uh, we can debate that a little later. Maybe we go from <laughs> lukewarm at best fan to loving wrestling again. How do you guys think this stacked up? Let's just start with this year, of this year. What's the, How does it stack up to the other wrestling shows you guys have seen this year? I'll start with you, Raj. Oh, man. Uh, you know, uh, you know, WrestleMania had a uh, has a special place in my heart just because it was the first show back with fans after a year of screens everywhere and, you know, uh, Daly's Place, so... There was something special, I thought, with WrestleMania. Uh, as far as a lively event, this was awesome. I mean, as far as a fun to watch, front to you know, start to finish, this was probably the best. SummerSlam was great too, but a lot of that had to do with the ending, right? You know, with right. Brock coming back. I, I was actually disappointed with SummerSlam until the Reigns versus Cena match, and a lot of my disappointment was because how they job Bianca out 
but uh, yeah, and Money in the Bank was great, and then Cena came out. Yeah, I mean, there have been there have been some really good pay per views this year, but this is probably my favorite. Yeah, I got I got to double down on that one. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think that there's a possibility in ten years when they're making documentaries about AEW versus WWE and and the 21st century wrestling wars. You know, they'll they'll look back at this night as a turning point for AEW. I think that tonight had that much of an impact, or at least it has the potential to have that much impact. I mean, everybody is going to be talking about this who watches wrestling now and you just saw in the super chat you know somebody that just went from being and eh, lukewarm to effing loving wrestling again right so that's how big tonight was can they keep the momentum going we'll see and it's also going to be interesting to see how wwe reacts like what other cards does wwe even have left to play because even though you know we say vince doesn't look at them as competition yeah, maybe so, but he's still going to react after tonight. I mean, that Brock thing came together last second because of competition. So, what's going to happen now? I don't know. I hope, God, watch. I hope they react because, man, Raw is tough. Three hours of Raw, and it's just the same tone, the same beat that they're doing week after week. You know, it's just the same. You know, this guy who faced the, that guy last week is facing his partner this week or or they're doing a rematch and it's just the same shit over and over and over. We need Raw to get mixed up. I, I wish they would take a, a page out of AEW's book and take that third hour Raw, name it a new show and put it on another night. You know what I mean? Like, and then you have Raw for two hours and then a third hour show some other night. Obviously, it's not going to probably not going to do the same amount of ratings, which is why it's not going to happen. But it would be so much better. Yeah, it's raw underground. Thing. It's also a, yeah, they could do raw underground for an right. hour. That would be great. <laughs> but it's also a financial thing. I think Pandora's box has been open. That's one of the genie out of the bottle things where they've made so much money from having that third hour. There's really no financial reason that they would ever put that back in and and go back to two hours, which I think is uh, you know they've kind of sacrificed in ratings for uh, the amount of money they're getting. I think ratings would have to be like at even more than historic lows because we've already seen historic lows and they continue to do three hours. But I mean, just scary low in order for them to even consider that. Yep. Yeah. Um, speaking of scary low, we got Calcoon for four ninety nine. They're all around. He's doing racial analysis, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, geez. 25 white talent AW uh, tonight. Around 12 Latin talent. One, uh, two, one championships, four Asians and three black people. Good show, though, honestly. Thank you for the racial analysis. We'll get into the Latin. How many Indians? How many Indians? Uh, How many Indians? Indians. I do not believe we had not a Rose count in that category. Uh, but thank you for the uh, racial analysis. We I feel so little... overrepresented right now. <laughs> you are. That's why you're the one white guy here. We just can't we one tonight. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Kaku. Be wood. All out felt game changing. By far my favorite pay per view. Raj, where do you rank this show in AEW history? Oh man, it's at the top. I mean, I feel like the first uh, the first all out was huge with John Moxley it, because it was it just set the tone. But this is up there, uh, one or two. I mean, yeah, it was huge. Yeah, yeah, that was great too. Uh, we've got one more from David Call. He says, Sting, thought Sting was going to SD drop Punk. The camera angle set me up too. Missed opportunity. Who's next for Punk? Come on, Lex A+. Bet show here. A lot of positive, <laughs> lot of positive feedback. And Lex Luger. Lexi. Like Lexi. Lexi. <laughs> I wonder what his odds for Daniel Bryan's first opponent is Lex Luger. 
That would be uh, <laughs> a lot. So we'll get into the CM Punk discussion, absolutely, as we get on to the show um, and get more Super Chats. Magnificent Adrian. Vince McMahon may not see AEW's competition, but USA and Fox may beg different great shows, guys. Okay, I will say this. Vince McMahon does see AEW as competition. Oh, yeah. To say that he like doesn't as The whole uh, Brock Lesnar thing we talked about is living proof that he at least, if you're going to react to something like that, to try to steal uh, the space, yes. But I do think that he underestimates AEW. I still do oh, think for sure. He day, thinks they're our own. Yeah, he, he does see that, okay, it's another wrestling company, but that's what they are. It's just a wrestling company. Ah, they could have some of my guys, whatever. And I do think that there's pride comes before the fall. So uh, they're going to But you know what? I almost feel like it won't hit Vince until they're head to head. And I don't see AEW going head to head. So. Yeah. Mm. Super chat from uh, Jared Wilson for 179 pounds. If you're a uh, WWE misused talent, you ain't re What do you think about that, uh, Chuck? In terms of, we did kind of touch about that in terms of WWE talents resigning, but uh, what do you think about the guys in WWE now? Would you like to see more of this going? No, in? no, I, you know, you you just can't keep signing castaways. I mean, I think that we're kind of at our limit as far as former WWE talent coming in. Obviously, you've got Bray Wyatt left over, maybe a Braun Strowman, but I don't even see him fitting in uh, in AEW. Um, so I I kind of think I kind of think that we're we're at the end of, of that, you know, and, and so it'll have to be, you know, another year or two before WWE starts pruning, you know, talent and AEW can and look at signing them. But by that point, I honestly do expect some AEW talent will have jumped over to WWE and you'll really start to see this cross pollination like we saw back in the day with WCW. So I don't know, man, uh, if I'm WWE guys and I, I'm reading the tea leaves, I am resigning. Uh, even though I'm not being used all that well or even used at all, I am going to resign just because I'm not sure that there there is going to be that opportunity for me elsewhere. You know what's funny? It's like now there's so much talent out there that it's like it's not a, it's like AEW is not enough. Like you need a third now, mm-hmm. like a yeah. third heart, real option. Impact's not to me is not a real option, but there's just so much out there. A, AEW can't take them all. And uh yeah. You know, you you almost need that that third and impact. They're not paying shit, honestly. And uh, you know, you look at someone like Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman's, you know, he's kind of hung out to dry. Yep. Jax Collins, friends of the show for four ninety nine. WWE Vince wants to groom talent fresh like Frankenstein. AEW has done product different from that. Vince don't care. He has his own vision. I tend to agree with that. I tend to agree that Vince McMahon is right now. WWE is in a transitional rebuilding period, especially if you look at what they're going to do with NXT in the coming weeks, and that they're now trying to get away from that. And I like that that there's going to be. If that is true, that WWE is going away from indie guys like. Uh, AEW is overdosed on independent talent in that mold. And so for WWE to try something different, that could be the groundwork of differentiating itself from AEW because they did do the indie thing when they were with NXT and it just felt like a different version of AEW that was less superior. And I think if they try something different, they might run into something that will attract a lot of people who left them. Yeah, you know, I was listening to uh, Wrestling Observer Radio the other uh, this morning. They were kind of shitting on Gable Stevenson, Gable Stevenson signing with WWE. It's like, what? Yeah, I mean, this guy, he could be the next Brock Lesnar. Uh, to say, like, uh, I don't know. It, it, it just it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I, I Look, I think NXT has not been working in a lot of ways. As, as a third brand, I know people love it. 
the the hardcores that love NXT, they love it. But they are the show that has been going down year to year, and even moving to a different night, they're go- they've been down year to year. Whereas AEW has jumped way up, having no competition uh, from the same point last year. So it's been kind of a failure as as far as a new show, as far as the third brand. It's been a failure. So they need something. I've always said. On this podcast, that it looks minor league, they need to up the production. They need you compare it to AEW. AEW looks major league, and NXT looks like they're in a garage with a hundred people. Yep, you need to upgrade that. You need to make it look like it's a it's a live product that people care about. And so I'm all for that. How much Vince and Bruce have their fingers on it? I hopefully it's not too much because we don't need a third hour Raw SmackDown, but. NXT did need a change. Yeah. And and let's not forget, you know, so pre-NXT, you know, when it was still Florida Championship Wrestling, look at all of the big talent that came out of that that's currently on the WWE roster, right? So it's not necessarily all bad. They're definitely going to give it that WWE polish, you know, that up production value. So hopefully, Rosh, it does take a step in the right direction because I agree with you 100% there. But I also want to touch on Gable Steveson real quick because, you know, a lot of people have heard his name and they've, they've you know, talked about him. Maybe they've seen him a little bit on Twitter. Um, but I've actually been watching him wrestle. Like I'm, I'm a huge amateur wrestling fan and I've watched this guy and he has every single thing it takes to be successful right down to his charisma on camera. This guy has been cutting promos essentially when he's interviewed right after his matches. Like he, he has it, the dude can talk and he is athletic as hell and he lives and he breathes pro wrestling. And so I really do think that this guy has the potential to be the next Kurt Angle here. If you want to just use a wrestler background, uh, he certainly can match Brock Lesnar. I think Brock having the Minnesota connection is is going to try to elevate him. Uh, he's worked with him in the in the University of Minnesota wrestling room on a number of occasions. They do talk. I think that Gable Stevenson is a hell of an acquisition, and anybody who downplays that and poo poos it. I think that they are way off base. You yeah. know, 100%. if you're judging him off his appearance at SummerSlam when he's waving to the crowd, he wasn't allowed to cut a promo or anything. Uh, Kurt Angle, when he was first doing his first promos, when he was super babyface, you know, this was in the dark matches, not on actual TV, but he kind of sucked. He hadn't found his character. Gable Stevenson's going to be huge, and you can't, you can't, this WWE for signing him over independent wrestlers. Gable Stevenson's the real deal. No, I agree. And the wrestling community tends to be very standoffish with things that they don't understand or they're not familiar with. Somebody doesn't have a name on the indies or whatnot, and you can't quote unquote work uh, at the level of an indie guy, then they kind of start to think, oh, well, what's this guy going to do? He's not checking all the boxes, but I, I am very excited for Gable Stevenson. And hopefully they don't do too much with it because in terms of like his character, um, because hopefully they lean into his personality and just say he's a legit gold medalist. That should be more than enough for him to meet them more than halfway and be a huge star. Yeah. Oh, we've got Jay Lane for $5. Jared mentioned new viewers a number of times. Early estimates must be sky high uh, for a buy rate. I think this is this is going to be way, well over 200000 uh, Easy. Yeah. Biggest ever. And they did say several times, even Excalibur saying, if you're tuning in for the first time, he would uh, kind of walk you through that. So, Justin Lopez, you sign Bray, and then you chill for a bit unless someone monumental is available. We'll see. Who else is monumental after Bray? Yeah. 
That's a good question. I mean, I think Braun Strowman goes into that category. And I'd actually rather – the reason I think Braun Strowman would work, especially at this point, is people are now starting to get sick of seeing all these WWE guys, and he can lean into that very real-life okay. backlash that he's going to okay. get, especially if they put him with Dan Lambert. I think that – I mean, my dream is to see Braun Strowman <laughs> and just how he rea- he's reacted and received in AEW, I think. Would be fun. Or how about this? What if you bring in Braun, Eric Rowan, and uh, oh. Bray Wyatt all together? Are we doing a dark order? Are we doing a no, no, no? Dark, dark order, order is t- they're they're goofy now. Like they're not that horror cult anymore. They're like a fun loving bunch. So I, I don't think Bray Wyatt fits with that anymore. Like it needs to be its own thing. And add Abaddon to the group. I think you know. Oh, I love that. that She's got a good reaction cool. tonight. Yeah. Could, could we call her sister Abaddon? Sister oh, I like it, Chuck. Oh. That's how you book the territory, baby. Ebony <laughs> <laughs> for $5. Amazing show tonight. Delivered in every way as far as fan booking goes. The Chi-Town Girls proud. Raj, who's a pup? Introduce, please. <laughs> this is Lexi. <laughs> drawing super chats. I love it. Raj, <laughs> she is. <laughs> she, my, my wife and daughters are out tonight, so uh, I'm on puppy duty. Even though it's a work night. <laughs> Thunder Cloud for five dollars. Wondering if you guys think they should have saved Adam Cole for Dynamite, as they had both Danielson and Ruby. It's a good uh, point. I think they should have. I think they should have waited on Cole. I think they should have done Daniel Bryan tonight. Adam Cole at uh, the at uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium show. Yeah, uh, and and that it's like they they totally 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 shot their load tonight and and i just i don't know what's left something has to be coming at that arthur ash show and and the only thing i can think now is bray wyatt because what else is left you know and there's been all of this talk of a debut at the arthur ash show it was supposed to be brian danielson ah, i got it right um and so we'll we'll see what happens there but yeah i mean was tonight a little bit too much Maybe, but I think that they were probably going for impact, pardon the pun, and I think that they certainly achieved that 100%. And there's a war within a war that we always talk about in terms of the buzz, which company seems like a hot company right now. And that seems to have changed back and forth where Brock Lesnar and Becky Lynch come back. So everybody's talking about them while they counter with Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole. And I think part of that thinking is, okay, now that we have them out and introduced, from a functional standpoint, they can now promote matches with Daniel Bryan, uh, Adam Cole's first match in AEW. Those are things that might make a difference and bring them closer to a sellout for that Arthur Ashe Stadium show. Uh, Grant Yenny wants a, a question for Raj. Raj, how much is a, a typical impact contract? Is it low, relatively speaking, or legitimately bad pay? It's, it's bad pay. I mean, uh, if you're an ex-WWE guy, you'll, you'll get a better deal, but it's not anything what... AEW or WWE, you know, obviously not WWE, but AEW, their lower level deals are are way better than Impact. Uh, Lorenzo Duncan, I don't know who this is about. This is Bray Wyatt. Do you make him and his bro the new Steiners first? Is that about Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas? God, I hope not. I don't know. I love the Steiners. So I I want to know. I want to know what they mean. (laughs) That comparison is way off. The Steiners are one of my favorite tag teams of all time. So expound on that. Very interesting. Okay, so we get back into the show. Uh, Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros. I don't know what you guys. I thought this next thing that we saw, uh, uh, for many reasons, was the best thing on the show for many reasons, starting with this entrance. 
just a superstar entrance for the Lucha Bros. We're getting pyro. We're getting a lot of the Latino kind of culture in terms of the way they're dressed. And they've got these great bombers. And uh, also uh, uh, they had a live performance for the ZZCL Nero song, which was just amazing. A lot of energy and brought the crowd to its feet. They are super baby faces in this match with the fans are really much behind them. We see some WWE booking in this match as Brandon Cutler in a steel cage match tosses a bag into the ring and the announcers even can't help but say well that just kind of screwed up what this cage is designed to do uh we get the spiked jordans and this just wild match a lot of spots you know we can go through the spots as we're talking about it but uh, one of the key spots spike jordans uh the young bucks put on pairs of jordans with spikes out of them and super kick uh pentagon of phoenix pentagon's a bloody mess uh we get a bte trigger that ray phoenix breaks out at the very last second and this match goes from like a third to like a fifth gear as the crowds went wild. Uh, we had uh, Phoenix using the Spike Jordan's revenge, which uh, got people up. The finish came when they did this last man sequence. They're all in a circle, taking turns hitting each other. They all fall down. It's really a kind of a fun sequence to watch. Uh, but then we get Ray Phoenix diving out the top of the cage and then delivering a double spiked pile driver. And they defeat the Young Bucks as the Lucha Brothers are your new AEW World Tag Team Champions. Raj, what do we think about this cage match? Oh my god, this was this was the highlight of the night in a lot of ways as far as the match goes, right? I thought it was amazing. I think Ray Phoenix, he can be the next Ray Mysterio if done right. I feel like he's in the tag team, but I feel like he could be a huge single star. Uh, I loved it. I thought, you know, I look... Myself, I, I've always been more into the storyline and characters, and the flips and all that stuff is secondary to me. Yeah. But I thought it worked great in this match, and and they did kick out of a lot of shit. I I, I tweeted earlier, like in AEW, and, and not just AEW, NXT is the same way. You could get shot in the face, you're still kicking out too. <laughs> but uh, outside of that, I thought this match was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, man. And and even though there was that, that tinge of WWE booking with the sneakers coming over the, the top of the cage, I mean, who's ever seen sneakers with thumbtacks in that was the awesome. bottom of them? That I was, was like, so oh, cool. I'm not shit. We got I'm something not new. Mad about that. Dude, I popped for that big time. I was like, this is this is ingenious. Um and and then but guys, like here's here's my takeaway. And and I don't mean to sound like a fanboy here, uh, because if there was criticism to be given, I would be the first to give it. But it is so rare that when there's a match going into it, you have such high expectations for it, right? You know that this is going to be a five-star gem. But it's so rare that not only does the match deliver, but it over-delivers. Yeah. And that was my big takeaway from this match. I was like, holy crap, they, they lived up to the billing and then some. It was just amazing. Like this... In all honesty, like guys, in in all seriousness, like is this a matcher of the year candidate? Should we just end oh, the voting God, right yeah. now? I mean, I don't say I don't know about end the voting because there's so much talent out there, and we do have a lot of potential for contenders in terms of what we may see this fall alone. But this was to this point might be my favorite match that I've seen in 2021 in terms of how this was pulled off. And I'm just talking about it was like you know how WWE speak they talk about how the entrance is part of the match. I think that applies to this in terms of just how much that entrance got me hyped for these guys. How easy it is just <laughs> if you, you know, pay enough attention to these guys and present them in a way. I was hyped for this match the minute it started. It was awesome. I mean, I, I cannot argue uh, anyone saying this was the match of the year. For me, uh, I, you know, watching that Sasha versus Bianca WrestleMania match with my daughters, that was just oh, huge. Yeah. 
Like, and that was an emotional thing. And them just, you know, you know, that was just a, a different level. There wasn't a bunch of crazy moves or anything, but it was, it was a moment. And, uh, you know, so I, I feel like as far as just action, this is, I could easily see this being up there. Um, oh, we're getting a ton of super chats. Yeah. If we missed anyone, let us know. And uh, sorry, we, we'll, we will get you on here. Uh, Bad Keep Gaming for five dollars. Do we have any more huge surprises? You think in wrestling after this, the return of The Rock, and that's the only thing that I can think that could level up. <laughs> See, <laughs> unless you get Cena or The Rock uh, to AEW, uh, <laughs> I think we're we're maxed out. <laughs> And Bray Wyatt's going to be the next big one, obviously. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple more shoes to drop. Uh, S. Spen, so ESPN. <laughs> How long do bros hold the belt? The Lucha Brothers. How long do you guys think? I say not long. I say probably by the Flushing Meadows show, the Young Bucks get it back. Ooh. Mm. I think keep it. Keep it. Yeah, hold on to them. Hold on. AEW to has done an amazing job of making the titles feel important because they don't do quick changes. And I think because of that have them hold on to it young bucks don't need the titles yeah and you just consider the night that the lucha brothers had in terms of now with the nice title run they're right up there not only as a tag team but just as like two of the top guys in AEW. if you do this right if you see it to completion i know they just beat ftr but them versus ftr that's where i'd go oh yes please beyond duncan um gable and bobby stevenson bobby can be rick I don't get it. I see another super chat there talking about uh, Gable Stevenson's brother also signed. So I, I don't know if that's, you know, like uh, Bobby Stevenson. Is, is that oh, his name? Uh, yeah, they did sign his brother. That could they be did. it. Yes. Um, but damn, what a pairing that could be. <laughs> that would be great. Kind of a mentor uh, student. Uh, Thundercloud for $5. The one thing about AEW's pay-per-view is I'm not tired after three hours of WWE. I'm bored after the first segment. That does happen. You know, Raw does have a formula, and I think that's part of the problem. I will say this. Raw sucks. Raw (laughs) has been bad. But WWE pay-per-views have been good. Like, uh, consistently throughout the year, I feel like all their pay-per-views have delivered. And SmackDown has been usually good. Whenever WWE wants to be good, which is not common it's not something that always happens but when they have a priority in terms of a character or storyline and they want it to be good whether it's edge roman reigns brock yeah. lesnar it's good it's like amazing it's yeah like, some of the stuff on raw from segment to segment you'll see one thing and that's good but 90 percent of the time maybe you know 80 percent, 90 percent of the time it's just looks like they're not even trying or paying attention to some most of these characters i think the one advantage wwe has over aew is that something big in, in WWE feels bigger than something big in AEW. Definitely. You know what I mean? Like when Cena comes back, that feels like uh, uh, beyond pro wrestling as opposed to, you know, Daniel Bryan coming back, I, that, which is which was huge. But you know that, what I mean? That goes to the, the like, WWE has put in enough time where they've been able to develop megastars that extend beyond pro wrestling, right? So you've got John Cena, who's Hollywood now. You've got The Rock, who's gone Hollywood, you know, uh, long before that. Uh, You had some others, Hulk Hogan, uh, Jesse Ventura, et cetera, et cetera. So they have the ability to do that and dive into that bag. But again, I was mentioning a documentary, you know, 10 years into the future. Who knows? Who knows where, you know, we'll be 10 years from now. Will Dude. AEW have created a megastar? 
after what we've seen in the first two and a half, three years from him, I'm not ruling anything out yet. In our day and age, TV changes like that, right? Like Breaking Bad, it was not like it took 20, 30 years for it to become a big hit. Within two, three years, it was huge. If something catches fire, it catches fire. If something trends, it trends. And if AEW can trend, if it could get hot, then it gets hot. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to break right. And we need that to happen in, in a lot of ways because WWE is on cruise control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much feels that way. It does feel like AEW is dedicated to kind of creating that uh, next big star. And uh, they have that they them... they have that hunger. Like they feel, yeah. they're trying new things. They're it's not like they're resting on their laurels or trying to do the same show every week and just being like, hey, this worked. We'll do the same thing next week. They have that hunger, and WWE needs to get that hunger back because they've just been in cruise control mode. I will say part of that with AEW that's going to limit it is AEW does have this very pro wrestling centric philosophy, which leans into professional wrestling, which means something to like hardcore people and people within wrestling. They got to shake that mentality of like what we do is real pure because that's not the mainstream thing that's going to bring in outsiders. It's not the thing that's going to trend on TikTok. Like the more people outside of pro wrestling hear about pro wrestling, which is a great word and it's something that should be honored with an AEW. But if they lean into that too much, they're going to struggle to create somebody who transcends beyond professional wrestling but you know what keep an eye on cody rhodes because right now as far as everybody on the aew roster to me he seems like the guy that's most primed and ready to make that leap you already see him doing that with uh what what, uh i forget the name of the show on tbs but now but now he also has the yeah now he also has the um the reality show coming out and uh so keep keep an eye on him man he could be he could be the one he could be the breakout guy you're take Lexi. Come on, girl. She's she's got nothing. Do you have a Lexi voice? I know you got a Trump voice. Do you have a Lexi voice? Oh, oh Lexi! Oh, Lexi! Oh, Lexi! Oh, Lexi! Dogs are stupid. They're dumb. <laughs> I love the dog is right there, dude. <laughs> You're crapping on your dog while you're holding her. Come on. Just kidding. Lexi knows. She knows. She knows I'm just doing doing my Trump voice. I'm just doing my Trump voice. All right. Well, maybe one day Lexi could be a joker in a casino battle royale. Uh, Ooh, good segue. We had the casino battle royale tonight. Uh, This was the match with uh, pretty much a Royal Rumble style match. Uh, I think they did a better job of keeping up with all the action that was going on with all the women. But, uh, you know, they did kind of miss things. And I think the camera work for AEW in terms of shooting the entrances and whatnot could do some work. But the big story coming out of Casino Battle Royale was Ruby Soho was a joker. It came down to her, Thunder Rosa. And Ruby Soho is moving on after eliminating Thunder Rosa. What did you guys think about the debut of Ruby Soho? I liked it, man. Um, and, and you knew that it was coming. And obviously, everybody who was in the arena tonight seemed to know that it was coming as well. Um, this was actually about as good as I've seen uh, Ruby look in a long time. It looks like she spent her time off really trying to take care of herself. She looked slimmer. She looked fitter. She looked healthier. She she just looked like she was on point tonight and happy to be there. Like, she just had that spark in her eyes again. You know, that spark that comes from, holy crap, I haven't been sitting and catering for months and months and months. And, you know, so now they give her an opportunity to shine. And you just see, like, how much equity AEW already has in her, you know, how much the fans already love her and embraced her tonight. So I think that this was a good addition. 
You know, it's not a huge acquisition along the lines of a Brian Danielson or a CM Punk, certainly. But I do think that that women's division needed some more experience, needed some names. I think that she is the perfect talent to slide in here and help bolster those uh, guys along. I, I agree and disagree. Like, I, I, I thought it was a great debut for her. But I feel like whoever is winning this is going to lose to Britt Baker. Britt should win. She's on a roll. And I, I don't think that... Ruby Soho coming in should lose her first big match, you know, her first big singles match to Britt Baker. I almost feel like Anna Jay would have been great in that role because awesome baby face. She just came back uh, and she can lose. She's been around and it doesn't hurt her, but I feel like it, it hurts Ruby Riot losing right off the bat. Do they necessarily need to do the match right away though? Yeah, and also, you know, that's the thing is that maybe you should just have Ruby Soho. It'll be interesting to see how many matches they let her win and how strong that they book her before she goes to inevitably lose to Britt Baker. This is something I think they should hold on for a little bit. But so far, they've done pretty quick. Yeah, they do. Like and, all uh, the, you know, when uh, Brian Cage won it, uh, they usually do it within weeks. Jungle Boy, right? Jungle Boy, uh, didn't he win? Who am I thinking he of? He did win, yeah. He did win one of the Casino Battle Royals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then went to Kenny Omega on the Friday or Saturday. Right, yeah. It was like a, a, a random uh, dynamite that he won. And, yeah. So you're thinking Arthur Ashe then for this particular match? Probably. Uh, that would be interesting. That, that, that would make sense. You know, especially they already got the storyline in place. You got a couple weeks to build it up. I will say Ruby came off as a big star. She came out, great music. She had teased this on Twitter already, but uh, she came out to Ruby Soho by Rancid, which is perfect for her. The she, crowd was singing along in Chicago. And they were chanting so Ruby Soho before she came out. So that's really she's good. so good. I, I, I'm hoping that, you know, this lasts. And again, that's why I don't want to see her <laughs> losing right off the bat. I feel like if she got eliminated by... You know, Jade Cargill. And Jade is another one. She shouldn't have won this match because Jade is another one. You can't beat her right now. She's on such a roll. She's a future superstar. You look at her. Yes. You can't take your eyes off her. Like, she is just a superstar. Dude, my wife was in awe watching her tonight. She was like, who is that? Yeah. She was like, holy crap. Ooh. You know, I was like, she's going to be the next big thing. Just watch. She was like, yeah, she is. If she doesn't get picked up by Hollywood first, because I could see easily. Mm. You know Hollywood picking her up because she's yeah. got it. I can see mm-hmm. WWE. She's the rock. She's the rock. She, she is the rock to Brock Lesnar. And anytime, to your point, Chuck, I've watched wrestling or AEW with somebody who doesn't watch wrestling. They see Jade Cargill. It's always Hi, a rush. It's a moment of Raj <laughs> gets uh, overtaken by Lexi, but she, he'll probably be uh, here soon. We got Midnight Toker for five dollars. They've given up on Nyla Rose. Uh, she's booked so poorly. And what are they doing with Jade Cargill? Um, yeah, I, th- I thought they made her look good in the Battle Royale in terms of the eliminations, but uh, she, I did think, had a chance, and she was kind of a dark horse for me uh, to win the Casino Battle Royale, so a little disappointing there. And the fans, there were a couple of eliminations that got heat with the fans. Uh, Riho was out early, which is weird. She went under the rope, so she might have been hurt. Um, and then uh, Karo Ushida, people were not happy with, and Jade Cargill, a lot of heat for those eliminations. I mean, you know, again, when, I, when I'm saying Jade is the rock, she's obviously not the rock yet i just mean like oh, that potential <laughs> so. yeah i see it too i'm 100 <laughs> and i don't want to i'm seeing now starting to see it oh can she work or whatnot 
Listen, it's the Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman is one of Tony Khan's hero. Nobody was better at highlighting somebody's strengths and hiding the weakness than Paul Heyman. And, you know, to argue that, you know, Britt Baker became a star not because of her wrestling. It was those segments that they were doing with her as a dentist. And as she was doing that and developing as a wrestler, the two came together for a star. So I never agree with the whole, oh, she's green and whatnot. If yeah. Jade Cargill is the star hero, she'll be a star somewhere. But, you know, the AEW will have missed out. She'll be a star uh, yeah, man, I agree with that. I hate that that argument, man. And 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 it, I just it, for me, it's always so simple. It's like you go back to some of the biggest names in the business, right? Back in the day, Hulk Hogan, not the greatest wrestler to ever step in the ring, but he had it. Jake Roberts, definitely, you know, middle of the pack when it comes to in-ring ability. But oh my God, did he have the charisma? Jade Cargill has that charisma, and that is what will make or break a person. That's what really separates them. Because right now. Now, we live in a world where there is so much in-ring talent. There's so much ability out there. The men, the women, they can do moves like just mind-blowing. But not everybody has the it. Jade Cargill has it. Yeah. I mean, if you look, if you were in like 98 and you're like, hey, you picked Dean Malenko or The Rock. Yeah. Dean Malenko might have better matches if, if that's your uh, definition of a good match. But... I'm sure everyone would rather have The Rock. Yeah, and being a great wrestler means... And that's no disrespect to Blanco. No, not at all. But being a great wrestler, to your point, means less than it ever has because there's so much talent that, you know, being a great wrestler does not mean as much. It sounds good. But in terms of these television companies trying to get the biggest deals possible, especially in the case of AEW, which is really trying to create real stars, uh, independent of the brand, then it does matter in terms of charisma. Uh, we get to two of the most and and, and it matters to this day, even in AEW, where right. in ring work is so valued. But the who who's on top? MJF, you know of the of the young guys. It's guys with charisma that can talk, that can really go. And jeez, uh, oh, is all right. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you mentioned MJF. Uh, this is a perfect uh, transition to the next match: MJF and Chris hey, Jericho. Again, if Chris <laughs> Jericho loses. He must retire from in-ring competition. So we get these entrances. Uh, this entrance, had it not been for the Lucha Brothers, this would have been the best entrance, maybe the best thing on the show uh, in terms of MJS entrance. It's the Chris Jericho Vintage Countdown. And it's so cool. to zero. Uh, we get the explosion, just like the vintage Chris Jericho pyro that he used to get when he debuted against The Rock. We even get the Jericho text that flips over, but it's this Jericho's last <laughs> <laughs> completely trolls his crowd so out good. comes MJF just such a great entrance such a great heel entrance uh, we do get the match uh, they have a, a nice little match uh, they worked you know Jericho worked as hard as he could have I don't think this crowd all the way bought that this would be Chris Jericho's last match Chris Jericho's entrance was uh, kind of awkward in that there was an electric guitar player uh, from Fozzie who was playing his music and the crowd was singing along but I think and that kind of sucked all- yeah, yeah, they started the chorus and they got lost and they were clearly behind because it was the wrong musical cue. And he played the song correctly. It's just they got behind and then the crowd just kind of gave up on singing the, the song. Yeah, you know, it would. it's one of those things. I love that they try these different things for the entrances because like NXT would do that. It makes it feel like an event as opposed to a, your weekly show and, and the run of the mill. So I, I love that they're trying something different. They're making it feel different. But this guy sucked, and, and he's fozzy. He's like Jericho's band member. I, you know, it, it would have been better if they 
had the whole group maybe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking, man. I was like, you remember when DX got played to the ring uh, and they had the whole band there? Like, it would have been friggin' epic if they had all of Fozzy on the stage because then I think a lot of people would start thinking, well, damn, like Jericho really wants to go out with a bang here. He's got all of Fozzy here. And, and then you could be like, well, this is him passing the torch. He's going exclusively music now. So the torch has been passed. So it, it would plant that little bit of a seed. But the guitar by itself, it just, it fell a little bit flat. For yeah, me. You're, you're waiting for it to like kick in and it yeah. never does. Yeah. Real quick, DX, the best entrance. What would you say? Best DX entrance? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, Run DMC yeah. never did a live DX entrance, That would have been the best DX entrance. Because they had the best DX entrance, in my opinion, when they did the... They had that... They did the Run DMC... Uh, Run DMC did the DX remix on the Aggression CD, and it was awesome. Oh, are you talking about the entrance theme or the entrance, like a live entrance? Entrance theme. Oh, oh, yeah. entrance theme. Oh, yeah. Run DMC, I absolutely loved on WWE Aggression. I, that was, I listened to that over and over on uh, Aggression. And then the original, you know, you can't... Uh, listen, the Xbox theme slap, too. I love the Xbox take on the, uh, the DX theme. I'm a sucker for the classic. Just give me the classic. DMC is very, very good. Don't get me wrong, man. But, god damn, that was a good theme. Just give yeah. me the classic. It's amazing. The Run DMC one was freaking sick. That, the King it, of Rock. Who? The King of Rock. Yeah. What? <laughs> It was awesome. Uh, the finish of MJF versus Chris Jericho. Very interesting. Uh, Chris Jericho takes a Judas effect from MJF. MJF pins Jericho. He gets his foot on the rope. Aubrey counts the three. She looks disgusted. She rings the bell. MJF's music plays. They announce MJF as the winner. The match is over. Uh, they really kind of soak in this energy. The fans are starting to react to this. Pretty huge until a ref comes out. And the crowd really, really kind of pops to the ref, and they end up restarting the match because Jericho's foot was on the rope. Not too long after that, Jericho goes to the walls of Jericho. Really tried to kind of put his knee in his back, kind of like the vintage Chris Jericho, but I don't know if his knee was cooperating with him on this night. So he went right back to the regular walls of Jericho. MJF taps out. What did you think about this finish, uh, Chris, uh, Chuck Carroll? Uh, I liked it, man. Uh, I, I did because, you know, even when they restarted it, I was like, man, it would be really something if they restarted it and MJF still won. And I thought that that's <laughs> where they were going right away. I was like, oh, man, they're really putting this kid over now. Um, but I, I liked it. And, and you know, it really told a story because, as you guys said, like there weren't a lot of people in that building that actually believed that Jericho was going to lose. And so to have the bell ring and MJF announced as the winner was like, holy shit, it actually happened, right? So that's, that's kind of cool. Um, but it also leaves the door open for this feud to continue. You know, I would have thought tonight would have been the blow-off match one way or the other, but... It doesn't look like that is indeed the case. I think that we we see some more from uh, Chris and, and MJF. Yeah, I I, I thought it was uh, a creative finish. I I did feel it like it felt a little WWE ish. Yeah, I'm of that old Jesse Ventura mentality that the referee cannot call what they hear; they can only call what they see. You know, man, right. he would always say that. And he, if the ref didn't see it, it didn't happen because. Then you could go back so many matches where there's outside interference and this and that. But what? I, but throwing that aside, it was a cool story. It did. It was a good swerve. It was fun. And uh, it, yeah, I, I, it was. It was really fun. 
It was a good use of a swerve. And, uh, you know, I think it was a little overbooked, but I think they felt like they were trapped and they had to do something like that in order to kind of telegraph this to the fans. And you didn't really kind of start to get that feeling that maybe they do go with this finish and stretch out some way that Jericho can come back. But I'm glad they kind of wrapped that up right here tonight because I wouldn't have wanted to see a, an extra storyline of, oh, how do we get Jericho to get around the stipulation? Right. But we have a B-Wood for four ninety nine. How does the panel feel, AEW versus WWE roster? If Bray Wyatt shows up on AEW TV soon, is it evil? Ooh. You know what? If you were to take the AEW roster versus Raw or SmackDown, I think AEW is stronger. Mm-hmm. If you got Punk, Daniel Bryan, uh, Jericho, MJF, Cody Rhodes, that's stronger than Matt Riddle, Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley. You know, like that. Even together, I almost feel like it. it it's stronger. In a lot of ways. Yeah. It's interesting. I'll say the wrestlers are hotter in terms of their, like, whether they're over, you know, in terms of their star power right yeah. now. I mean, I mean, I mean, built in star power in WWE. I'm just saying how the audience receives the wrestlers in AEW makes them feel like bigger stars right now than what you see in WWE. But even like Jericho, Punk, Daniel Bryan, those were all legit main event guys in WWE. Yeah, they are, I'd say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how many of those guys are we in WWE? It's like Roman Reigns and Lashley that are. Right, and then a lot of the part time guys. Right. And Goldberg and guys that they bring back. But yeah, I feel like AEW has kind of more of the main event WWE guys in yeah, a lot of ways. I mean, you put it like that, it kind of makes you realize the only thing that AEW does not have that WWE does is that brand recognition, and that can only be built up over time. And AEW's coming, man. Like there WWE, is something like that, they they need to get their their s together. And, and we'll we'll get to this, but there is something that people aren't clicking in with AEW because. They had all those people tune in for CM Punk, and then they disappeared two weeks later. You know, like, it, it, it dropped quick. It, they didn't stick around. Uh, when Punk showed up on AEW, led to a giant quarter, and then dropped huge. So, there is something where they're not catching the new people that could be coming in. And, uh, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, and there is also, I would say, AEW in terms of promoting their stars. I think it's because WWE promotes its brand over its stars is why, you know, the individuals in AEW stand out more. And WWE is a very strong brand in terms of what it's worth, you know, on the open market, whether it comes to the TV deals or the a lot of these deals they're doing with MLB and whatnot. Uh, should have been Rick Boogs playing, says Brett Murphy for $2. I agree. I would have been, that would have a great reaction. Can you imagine? <laughs> My name's Rick. I got to say this with WWE, they've always been strongest when they're promoting a talent that's bigger than the company than when they're promoting the brand. Absolutely. Okay, they've been strongest in terms of our enjoyment. They've never made more money than when they promoted the grant brand. Promoting strongest the brand, as far as popularity. Exactly, yes. yeah, yeah. Promoting the brand was a business decision in terms of yeah. the money they could make in this era of content creation. They realized, I think before a lot of people did, that if we focus on this brand, and part of this might have been all these top guys leaving, whether it was a Brock Lesnar or The Rock or a Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, that Vince and WWE realized we need to promote this brand over the individual talent. Well, you know how like Vince always has people losing their hometown? That became a thing because of Brett not <laughs> losing Montreal. That wasn't a thing before that. Yeah. Ever since then, that's when it started. So, uh, well, something else that started is CM Punk's AEW career. We get into the match that a lot of people have been talking about in the chat and the super chats we've alluded to. CM Punk versus Darby Allen. 
Uh, CM Punk comes out. I thought he looked. I thought he looked very good. I thought physically, in terms of the condition he looked in, he looked better in his condition than when he was in his prime. In terms of being leaned down uh, closer to the MMA, CM Punk with a little more meat on him. Uh, but this was a lot of rest holds, a lot of CM Punk just working this style. It reminded me of what when Mick Foley was trying to troll fans in ECW by just doing rest holds and. Uh, you know, kind of getting down and trying to get heat. That's what CM Punk was doing a lot of, uh, but the fans were with CM Punk. They did get split and go back and forth between these two. CM Punk hit two GTSs on Darby Allen. We had some callbacks to his match against John Cena where one of the GTSs he hit, he flies out of the ring, and then he goes to reach for Darby Allen, doesn't get him. Then he does the thing where he says, oh, are you cheering for him or cheering for me? So, some, And then he did a sit-up when uh, Darby Allen went for a coffin drop. So callback to, his, I guess, the Undertaker, shoot the Undertaker. We get the hit, step up, knee, Match starts getting good, but I felt like just as it was getting good, GTS, uh, CM Punk wins in his debut. Uh, I was underwhelmed by this. Uh, Chuck, how did you feel? In in all honesty, like this is kind of what I was expecting. I I think that it would have been a mistake for Punk to go out there and try to bite off more than he could chew after seven years. Um, You know, I, I think that once that rust is is knocked off like he can go a little bit more and go a little bit more tit for tat with darby allen but you know it made all the sense in the world to me to have this match be paced the way that it was so i'm not hating on it um but those were also my expectations going in so there's no disappointment there and and i liked it uh i agree with you a thousand percent this is the best that i've seen punk look in seven years um you know just trimmed down i like the fact that he was in uh long pants as opposed to you know the trunks he had the nice chicago theme down the side like it was a really sharp look for him and so uh he definitely you know i thought that for his first match back man i thought that this was great he did a great job in the ring he did a great job putting the outfit together like we we mentioned lex luger earlier so i will say this was a total package for punk (laughs) in my from my perspective no disappointment raj what's your take i thought uh, for whatever reason punk and tights took me a while to get used to <laughs> it was just like i don't i'm just so used to him in trunks all the time that it just took a while i i you know what man i thought punk's first match you know i i put this out on twitter and people kind of took it the wrong way but uh, punk's first match in seven years in chicago i was expecting Rock versus Hogan. Now, by no means do I think Darby and Punk are Rock and Hogan. But I mean the kind of reaction and just going the whole way. And just that kind of energy, the whole match. And it wasn't there. Like, there were quiet moments in this match. And this was Punk's first match. I think Punk, it's dissipated quick. I mean, we've already seen in the ratings. It's dropping. He's not bringing in new viewers. They need to do something interesting with him. This match wasn't that. It was fine. He he got he he got to work a match. He got to work out the cobwebs. The match itself was it was fine. It it wasn't the best match on the show. It wasn't the worst match on the show. But they need to do something interesting with him next because you're going to waste that investment otherwise. Well, that people don't. And, and you know what? Happy go lucky punk sucks. They need angry hates the system punk because i'm happy to be here it's not intriguing and no one plays the angry uh angry person better than punk in my opinion like that's where the money is right and that goes back to what we were talking about at the top of the show is when will they turn punk heel and i do hope 
that that's sooner rather than later. Maybe that could be a nice little surprise for the Arthur Ashe show. I do think it would have been a mistake to turn him in Chicago um, because there's no way you're going to get that home right. crowd to boo him no matter what it is that they do. But you put him in New York, you know, yeah, all right, maybe now. Now you've got an opportunity to boo the guy. But who's he going to turn on? I mean, it's got to be somebody that's that's pretty well beloved. I mean, does that stack him up against Brian Danielson? No, probably not. And, but... and maybe you don't turn him heel, but maybe he's just not the happy baby face. You know, yeah, maybe yeah, he's I just. Gonna, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves with the talk about CM Punk already turning heel. I get it that it's not the most creatively fulfilling thing to see CM Punk happy to be here. And I do think that in the back of his mind, he knows that there is a path to him being heel, which is why not only does he keep saying that he's happy to be here, but he'll say, You guys sick of me yet? And the way he worked tonight's match, I think he's planting the seeds, but I don't expect him to just like, up and turn heel. There is a honeymoon period. And these people still love CM Punk, and there's still a lot of reaction to him in terms of, you know, I don't think the ratings have sustained in terms of the levels when he first came in, obviously. but They're, they're, they're lower than they were a few yeah. weeks ago. <laughs> they are, they are. But there is a sustained um, in terms of interest on digitally, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's just a general interest in CM Punk is going to still be there. And I do see him turn a heel, just not immediately. I don't think it's going to be something that we see. And he doesn't fun. need to be healed. He could just be uh, a baby face that's just kind of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know? Like, and I think we're headed there. I think we're definitely just headed there. spitting the truth, being like uh, if he, you know, if he just says Orange Cassidy, your shit sucks. I, I, don't, I don't get I don't get it. You know, uh, it's, it's not necessarily being a heel, but it's kind of speaking the truth, being the voice of the voiceless kind of thing, but I, I think there's I think there's money in him. And I will say, I do think that CM Punk looked just fine. I don't think there was anything wrong with him in this match. I think the match they chose to have was very perplexing to me. I felt like CM Punk was trying to go out of his way to establish himself as somewhat of the heel. Maybe it's because he was so much bigger than Darby he, Allen. He worked, really he worked He worked the match as a heel. Yeah, Much like a Hulk Hogan level. He, like, he was trying to get these people to boo him, it seemed like. Which is so weird. And they, you know, they wouldn't. And I did feel like the match did get going. And I'm very excited just seeing this. I'm excited for the potential of CM Punk. This did not scare me away from thinking in terms of him wrestling that it's going to be a different CM Punk. Um, Malcolm Mitchell for two pounds. AEW is like ECW with WCW cash. Well, you can say that. No way. No way. ECW was so uh, beyond the pale. Like, you know, they had Francine and Beulah. Oh, you know, yeah. stripping each other and all this stuff that a normal, a casual viewing audience would look at it and just be like, this is disgusting. AEW has a little bit of that here and there. Like when, you know, uh, Nick Cage is, uh, Nick Gage is cutting Jericho open with a pizza cutter. But outside of that, they're pretty mainstream. And I, I feel like that's a big difference. I do think as a parallel to compare, I think AEW is, while they're not as edgy and nothing will be in this era as ECW was then, in terms of the impact of them being the edgier company and trying to force WWE's hand and kind of exposing WWE a little bit for looking kind of milk toast, I think they're having and they can potentially have a similar impact in terms of they're doing a lot of these blood and guts, which you don't typically see in WWE. It might, you know, cause WWE to want to go a little bit more in that direction if they want to compete. Yep. Yeah, I, I think ECW had a ceiling. I think AEW has a higher ceiling. Like no, for a thousand percent in terms of you know what I mean? the, to the point of the super chat with the budget alone, they have a much right. higher season. 
And you already see it with the money that they're making on the, Absolutely. their TV deal. Stella Justin Lopez for four ninety nine. Glad it wasn't the typical super indie AEW style. I agree. You could tell Punk was in the ring general and uh, made sure everything made sense. And that's the thing. A lot of these, a lot of more old school fans I saw coming out and people in the business who are more of that classic style really love this match in terms of how it was worked. So, you know, that in defense of that match, you could say that. As a match by itself, it was good. But I, I felt like I was just waiting because it's Darby. You're kind of waiting for it to pick up. You know, you're waiting for him to go through a table or, or something. You know, again, that's just maybe that's just my thing. Uh, but I just thought uh, for a punk return, I was disappointed personally. I, I, I was hoping for something crazier. I mean, it's, it's, expectations are a hell of a thing, man. They're either your best friend or your worst enemy. You can only do your first match in seven years one time. W- was that the one? Did you think that was a home run? N- not necessarily. I mean, that match isn't one that I'm going to sit up and say, holy crap, match of the year candidate. But mm-hmm. I, d- I don't think it was a total clunker either. No, really no, no, no. Of not course not. Of well, course, Jared Wilson for 179, and I disagree with this because I do like him in tights. Hogan tight the mission to star power, I think. Disagree, Jared. Sorry, thanks for the super chat, but I just can't. Get, I, I, I I'll get used to it. Yeah, it is different, but I, I'm pro tights. I always prefer tights to trunks. Grant Yenny for five pounds. Any shot yeah. Omega drops the belt Underwear. to Danielson here, <laughs> and shortly after we get a Coda appearance in AEW, leading to Kenny and Coda at Tokyo Dome. Wow, that's yeah, a fantasy lot. booking. That's a lot. Um, I doubt. I mean, Omega, I, I don't see Omega beating Danielson right off the bat. So I would think if that's where they're going, Danielson beats him. And Danielson, that was his big thing with WWE, right? Like he wanted to work New Japan. So, yes, I actually could see that. Yeah, I could absolutely see them kind of helping to book him for a Tokyo Dome show in that they'll use AEW TV time to set up something that he would be doing in New Japan. Right. Yep. yep. It'll be interesting uh, to me to see how much value uh, the the Brian Danielson name still carries over in Japan these days. Uh, hopefully, you know, it's still got some sort of cash there. Uh, so we'll see. Well, New Japan is just, and I, I hate to say this because they're, they're playing by the rules. I mean, they're kind of screwed by what's going on with the pandemic but man they've never been so cold yeah so they could use that that's true so we get into paul white versus qt marshall um this match i think went on way longer than it should have we get some chop- <laughs> way longer paul white who gets some outside interference qt actually gets a couple moves in but uh choke slam paul white wins welcome back I mean, look, here's the bottom line. No matter who they stuck in this position, the sandwich between the main event and and CM Punk's return, it's going to fall flat. Um, You know, Paul White and QT Marshall just drew the short straw for the night. And so, like, expectations, Raj, we were just talking about expectations. I don't think anybody had expectations of a really stellar match here. Um, And so I think that the fact that it's coming off of such an emotional high, you put it there with the match that you know isn't going to be anywhere near five stars, it's going to fall flat. And that's exactly what this one did. And, And so, you know, am I ready to say that Paul White needs to hang it up? No, not at all. But you know, let's let's dust yourself off after this one because I don't <laughs> think anybody's going to be talking about this match as soon as we're done talking about it here tonight. This was the you know back in the day when WWE did have that cool down match. Back in the day, it would be like a Divas match that they'd put. 
Um, that's what this was. And I, I, I'd rather just have an intermission, just being like, hey, we're, we're gone for 15 minutes. Go get a snack. <laughs> you know? yeah. Remember, oh, like, WrestleMania, they used to do that, where it would be like, we're going for a 10-minute intermission. Yeah. Come back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. It was fine for what it was. And uh, what can you say? It I sucked. Think part of the reason, <laughs> I think part of the reason it went so long is they were really trying to take advantage of the fans coming down before the main event because there have been so much hot stuff on that pay-per-view. But this, And you know what? Uh, this is a very good point for Midnight Toker for $5. What happened with the Billy Gunn angle? It wasn't even mentioned. I agree. you got to hold AEW accountable for things like that because that's a big angle they ran right before this match. It didn't even come close to playing into this match. Yeah, that was the one angle that made you feel like maybe QT has a chance. And uh, they didn't follow up on it at all. It was That's just... all. <sighs> wiped away. Yeah. Okay. So we get... The, the problem with AEW way. sometimes, they, they do too much shit at yes. times. With, you know, the gun club and uh, there's 75,000 75, factions where it's like, who's this guy? Who are these guys? Why are they together? I don't watch Dark. I don't watch Elevation. Can someone explain why these guys are in this guy's corner? And anyway, this was one of those cases. Yeah. AW, it is like impact in that way in terms of TNA and like 2006, 2008, where there's a million things going on at once and half of them get ignored and discarded. I do see that going on quite often in AEW. Which I prefer to nothing going on, which is what happens on Raw. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You just get three hours of three hours. Yeah. So, yeah. Kenny Omega versus Christian. Uh, this is our main event. These two worked very hard. It really kind of the, the crowd reaction. The crowd was good, and they were polite, and they did a good They're job. They're polite, this match. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, you know, after this was a, such a hot show that I just think there was only going to be a certain level they were going to get them there. And I will say, I I preferred their match at Rampage in terms of what we saw from this. Uh, the story was basically Omega working over Christian's neck. He had three snap dragons. We get a spear to the table. We get outside interference from Giles and Anderson. Uh, but then uh, Don Callis gets inside the ring at one point. The finish comes with a one-winged angel from the top rope, so you knew it was over at that point. Uh, this causes CM, or not CM, I'm sorry, Kenny Omega to cut a promo that how great he is. You get Jurassic Express coming in. They get beaten up by the elite. So he's cutting a promo saying, nobody's on his level. The lights go out. Who shows up? Adam Cole, of all people. Baby. Uh, we get the Adam Cole, baby. He's in AEW now, just weeks after appearing on NXT TakeOver 36. Adam Cole then super kicks Jungle Boy and immediately turns heel to join his buddies in the Elite. And he says, what did you think? These are my friends. And uh, then this brings out Kenny Omega to finally say goodbye. He's going to do the goodnight uh, signature salute. And out comes Trap Daniel Bryan. He's got his same Valkyrie's music, but it's like a trap version once it really starts getting broke. And I don't know about you guys, but I like Trap Daniel Bryan. He does have a ponytail, tail, as was alluded. Uh, he's, got, yeah, he's got the bun, kind of like Brock Lesnar. Uh, yeah, this is Brock Lesnar. He looked excellent, I thought. He just uh, ran through everybody. I uh, had a flying knee to Nick Jackson and sold it fantastically. And here we go. I mean, AEW has a type, and they've got another, and Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole. And listen, the crowd went crazy for these two after, you know, we were talking about that Adam Cole match. I, th I mean, the Kenny Omega match. I think this is what they were waiting for. And they got more than they bargained, I think, Chuck. 
Oh man, yeah. And and how happy did Brian Danielson look tonight? Like it just looked like all of those, you know, past few years of putting up with WWE shitty booking had just washed away. And it it looked to me genuinely like almost like a weight had been lifted off of his shoulders. So he comes out there, man, and and it just felt like a a brand new version of Brian Danielson, something as fresh as when, you know, throwing back to WrestleMania 30, when the yes movement took over, man. And so like, I was really excited to see him there. I think that it confirms that he's going to fit in really, really well. And this is a guy that can elevate AEW. I think that this is a guy with enough mainstream notoriety that can move that needle and get viewers to stick around. You know, I don't, I hope knock on wood that AEW does not see that audience erosion like they saw in the weeks following Punk's debut. I think that Wednesday's Dynamite is going to be a massive number. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the Arthur Ashe show the following Wednesday? I think it's two Wednesdays later, right? Isn't yeah. Twenty like right. something. Yeah. Well, 23rd? Something 23rd. like that. You've got yeah. two Someone in the chat will fix this. But yeah, chat on and, and make sure that you pay $5 super chat to give us the correct Otherwise, answer. we won't acknowledge you. That's right. Uh, so because we're all heels here, damn it. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, man, like I, I'm genuinely excited about this. And so it, the only thing, the only thing is is going back to what it was we were talking about earlier. Was this too much at one time? Should it have been staggered these these debuts? I think that they could have left it with Adam Cole, you know, debuting because everybody, everybody was expecting Brian Danielson, right? But if it's Adam Cole and they're like, what the F happened, right? But then you start planting that seed for, you know, that two Wednesdays, apparently, down the line at Arthur Ashe and Brian Danielson. Then you've got something. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited. Uh, I am not mad about this whatsoever. I thought that it was cool as shit. Uh, but hopefully they can maintain this momentum. That's that's me nitpicking. But again, guys, bottom line, best pay-per-view of the year by a freaking mile. Yeah, we're 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 picking this, but I'm I agree with you. I I would have done the opposite. I would have had Daniel Bryan tonight, Adam Cole in a few weeks, just because everyone is expecting Daniel Bryan. If you don't deliver, it's you know you don't. AEW has done it for the most part a good job of delivering. There 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 have been a couple times where Tony's like, "There's something you just gonna change the face of the the wrestling industry." And it was Pot coming back, and you know it it didn't quite quite hit. But this did. And I, I, I feel like you should have waited on Cole just because Cole kind of gets drowned out now. Well, Everyone... I say, that, that is a good point in terms of Adam Cole, but I have no problem with Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan debuting at the same time if the priority is that Arthur Ashe show because you only have a couple of weeks. And if you know the idea was we're going to debut Adam Cole on the Arthur Ashe show, I don't know if that carries as much cachet as we're going to get Adam Cole's first wrestling match in AEW if they take this time to really build up his character. I think Daniel Bryan people care about the first wrestling match. Adam Cole, not so much. I think Adam Cole, you do his first appearance at Arthur Ashe. Like, you keep that a surprise. Daniel Bryan, his first match at Arthur Ashe. And that's, you know, you do the first match. You have Adam Cole's first appearance. I think that's, you know, the, the perfect brouhaha. But whatever. Yeah, again, we're we're picking nits. Right. Well, so Justin Lopez has a fantasy booking a main event for Arthur Ashe main event. He says it'll probably be the elite in Cole versus Danielson, Christian, and the Jurassic Express. I'd be a little let down if they did go elimination. That, that would suck. That's so WWE. 
No offense. This can't feel like a house show. I feel like there needs to be something big. I thought that this, you know, when I first heard of this show, was a prime spot. And I think this might have been the original plan was for Hangman Adam Page to win that title, as hot as they got him. I thought this might be the spot for that. But something like a title change, AEW title change, something big, I think, needs to happen yeah. on this show. Well, I, I think the money is in the singles matches. Punk and five other guys against five other guys is not a big match. Punk versus Kenny Omega is. Punk versus MJF is. Daniel Bryan versus Brian Danielson versus MJF. That's a big match. Brian, Dan- Brian Danielson and five other guys against the Pinnacle is not. So I think you, you want to focus on those singles matches. Agreed. And I also agree with Jared Wilson for pound 79. The Don Callis pink suit is heel, heat, and money. I love yes. everything about Don yes. Callis. Spot on. pink suit. Spot on. I got to get me a pink suit. He's good. He's good. He's no Bobby Heenan, but he's good. Right, right. That is kind of what he's He tries. He he tries too hard sometimes. Whereas Bobby Heenan was a natural. Just came so easily. Yeah. We got a bit mood hating on Paul White. A dollar 99. Paul White, hang it up quick. Great post, y'all. Come on. (laughs) Thank you, guys. I love Paul White. I have have a soft 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 spark. Soft spot? Soft spot in my heart for Paul White. I love me some big shows. So I I just hope they just book him accordingly. You know, he doesn't really need to be in long matches. Every once in a while he goes in there, and then eventually he can get over one of these bigger guys that they have. Because AEW does have a very underrated roster of big men who somebody is out there, whether it's a Wardlow, whether it's a Will Hobbs, whether it's a Lance Archer, who you can put over by beating the big show in short order. Yeah. I agree. Uh, so that's our show. Okay, well, we've talked about a lot about before we wrap this thing up, uh, the best show of the year, whatnot. You guys seem to think so. What will we grade this on a scale of 1 to 10 as a show? Uh, I'm giving this a 10. Uh, you know, I mean, we we sat there, we nitpicked it because that's our job in these shows, to be perfectly honest with you. But, um, you know, this, this was a 10 out of 10. I know that there are still four months left in the year, but good luck topping this. I mean, seriously, good freaking luck. It was awesome. I, I'll go nine. I, I, I feel like, you know, uh, I, I, Lexi's right. telling me, give it the 10, bro. <laughs> She's like, come on. <laughs> She's like, nine? What the fuck? <laughs> I'm very happy with you. I know. I'll go nine. I'll go nine and a half. I think I think this is an excellent show. I'll have to really kind of go back because I really did think the Money in the Bank show was just like WWE production at its best and had a lot of great stuff on that. If you go back and watch some of that stuff, but I do think that this might have eclipsed that because um, I absolutely thought the show was very very great. Yeah, man, it was it was just it was so good. And and so the question is, you know, should should you spend fifty bucks on the replay if you haven't seen it? Yes. Uh, this is, this a is 10 though 10 10 bro give me go there is nothing that can come close to sniffing this wrestlemania 3 <laughs> bro you're saying this is as good as wrestlemania 3 let me put my glasses on so i can see you when i yes. say this well you said 10 no I'll give WrestleMania three a ten and a half, but okay. I will say, you know, as far as any product that AEW has put out to date and WWE in in much recent, much more recent history, absolutely, this deserves a ten. No question about it. I will okay. stand by that. So for an AEW pay per view, you're saying that because WrestleMania seventeen, right? That's one of the best shows of all time. Yeah. You're saying this is on par, or for me, it is. 
Really? Yeah, just the the impact, like it gave people the feels. Like Lexi agrees. Shout Lexi. it, Lexi. Lexi's Shout mad it. at me. Uh, yeah, man. I, I mean, look, you walk away like feeling something, right? And you walk away with an emotion, right? And so, what what what, what WrestleMania was it? That's great. It was. This was great, but mm, I'm, I'm watching. I don't know it. if I put it on that level. And I don't know yeah. if it's fair in it's this not, moment. You know, we need it's not a ten. A ten yeah, is perfect. Um, nah. A ten is WrestleMania three and seventeen. I'm standing yeah, this, by it. This wasn't. I'm there. standing by it. I'm standing it was by a good. It. it was a very good pay per view. I, and I'm sure that there are some people who would love to super chat for five dollars to agree with. Let's me. see it. Let's see it. Come on, guys. No, to see your scores. They agree with me. It's not a ten. <laughs> Look us up on social media. Tell us what you think about this. Uh, we got, it's not a ten, but nine out of ten, definitely great. I've bought all pay-per-views so far, too. WrestleMania 3 was not perfect, Raj. Uh, but it, it didn't, the whole yeah. show didn't have to be perfect. The things that mattered were perfect. Things that mattered were perfect. Savage Steamboat, remember that? Still Savage Steamboat and Hogan go. Andre. And Jose. That's all. You, you, you don't need to remember uh, Can-Am Connection versus the Killer Bees or whatever. <laughs> so. I certainly didn't. Ian Vish for 100. <laughs> I don't know what that sign is, but okay. That's Rupees. Have, oh, Rupees. Cool. Oh, great. Excellent. Excellent. I love it. Okay, so we have all WWE guys here at AEW. How long will this go on? Yeah, um, what next show? Hope it doesn't become a carbon copy of WWE. Again, that is going to continue to become a narrative in terms of AEW. I think it'll be interesting to see how they book these guys. I think this will really kind of get away from AEW if there comes a point where there's a lot of former WWE champions. Having said that, they're doing a good job with a lot of these former WWE guys. Like Miro might be the, my favorite thing that I see. A seven. Wow, a seven. Oh, that's a heel tweet right there. Damn. <laughs> They get a nine from Our Tina, friend Miller, Tina friend Miller. Yes, but definitely not WrestleMania 17 level. I'll agree with that. Solid, though. Our house had fun. Yeah, this seemed like it would have been a fun uh, pay-per-view to watch with a room full of people. I kind of regret not inviting people over now. Yeah, I wonder what the theater environment would be uh, or yeah. was because they did have this in, in a number of theaters. So I bet that was a lot of fun. I bet that was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Hit up one of those shows. Well, thank you. Uh, follow us on Twitter. He is Raj Geary at Raj Geary underscore 303. Verify this man, Twitter. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. You're embarrassing yourself. Yeah. And then also, this man is well, Chuck Carroll <laughs> at Chuck Carroll. Verify him too. WLC. Yeah. If anything, this is a weight loss champ. He lost Alfred, just spread your blue checks around. I don't know how that works. I think you just spread it around, right? I think I have to cough in you guys, and then you guys become uh, blue check marks. So we'll, we'll get it spread around. <laughs> But that was the show for tonight. Uh, follow us. And good night, everybody. We will see you next week, starting tomorrow with Raw. Oh, we got one more super chat before we leave. Kayla Mick for $5. RJ, favorite match. Was <laughs> I think he's saying <laughs> my favorite match. Wow. Well, guys, that is a great way. Kayla. King Kong Bundy sp <laughs> splashing that dude. Lord Littlebrook, I think it was. <laughs> all right, shout out to King Kong Bundy. Shout out to all of you uh, on the AEW uh, podcast. Good night. Wrestling Inc.